My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul. So we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. Dress shabbily, and they remember the dress. Dress impeccably, and they remember the woman. Coco Chanel Hello, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Beauty. Considering I've started other episodes with quotes from saints or like the catechism or scripture, quoting Coco Chanel may seem a bit odd, but her words are the perfect start we need for this week's conversation. This week, we're talking about our clothing and why what we wear matters. Now, I'm not here to offer you styling tips or tell you about the latest trends, which is good considering I don't really pay attention to them, other than the fact that we finally are saying goodbye to skinny jeans, and I am grateful for this. As I often do on this here podcast, I want to take a deeper look at something we often overlook or things we think of as vain or shallow or unimportant, and this week, that is our clothing. So let's dig in. Since I was young, I have always cared about what I wear. That doesn't mean I've always chosen wisely. I'm talking to eighth grade Jessamine here. Yes, you who opted for hoodies and unflattering jeans or dressing like a 35 year old receptionist who shopped at Liz Claiborne. There like was literally no in between those two things in the eighth grade, but we've come so far. But I've always had some kind of interest in clothing, and I always loved like reading the best and worst dressed edition of People magazine growing up, probably just because I loved all the gowns. And I watched Project Runway, and I sketched ball gowns and cocktail dresses in my sketchbook. And for 10 years, 10 years, I did a 4-H project called Consumer Clothing, which gave me an amazing opportunity to learn about style and clothing and how to put outfits together during... A 10-year stretch, which was between 3rd grade and 12th grade, where I went through puberty, grew 10 inches, and went through a wide variety of haircuts, not all of them good. So looking back, I'm really grateful for that project because every year, every year for those 10 years, I got to cultivate that skill as a young woman. I was never interested enough to pursue a career in fashion or anything like that, but I think I've grown up with the basic belief that clothing matters. What we wear matters. How we feel in our clothes matters. Before I understood anything about theology of the body or how we, our bodies, are made in the image and likeness of God, something in me knew that what I put on my body matters. As with many things, there is a fine line between beauty and frivolity in the world of fashion, a line between intentionality and vanity, But I am not in the camp that believes all fashion is vanity and frivolous, or vain and frivolous to be grammatically correct. (laughs) I believe that what we wear can have a much larger impact on our lives than we may first believe or understand. I had it on my heart to talk about clothing because I just went on a shopping trip with my aunt and my cousin, well, my dad's cousin, so she's my parents' age, just for context. And I swear, I'm not trying to be dramatic when I say that that shopping trip was life-changing. 
I'll share a few things, a few more details about that in a moment. Because this topic has been so heavy on my heart, I've been trying to figure out exactly what I'm supposed to share on this podcast episode. It's like, how can I be helpful to you? Or how is this information relevant to you if I'm sharing about a seemingly insignificant shopping trip? Firstly, the shopping trip was clearly not insignificant. I've been reflecting on it for days, trying to figure out why it was such an impactful experience. So if that's the case, then secondly, there is more to the story here than some nice new clothes and cute earrings. I landed on this as what I'd call the the thesis statement from my episode. Thank you, high school language arts teachers. So here's my thesis. Being intentional in your wardrobe is an opportunity for greater self-awareness. Now that's quite a statement, I know. Many of us have reduced what we wear to just preventing ourselves from being naked, which is an important part of the equation, okay? I don't wanna diminish that, but it's more than that. And I wanna explore that this week. In full disclosure, my dad actually helped me process a lot of this information. I was really struggling to sort through and organize my thoughts on this, you know, the truth that what we wear matters. And I was, I was like, how do I explain this? What, where am I going with this? So thank you, dad, for being an awesome girl, dad, willing to help me figure out why I want to talk about fashion on my faith-based podcast. <laughs> so let's dig into our thesis for this week, that being intentional in your wardrobe is an opportunity for greater self-awareness. I broke this down into a series of steps, a kind of dominoes, a set of dominoes, if you will, that all rely on one another. And I'll share how this process unfolded in my own life as I've worked with my cousin, Sarah, who is a color and style analyst and who has been my guide on this journey. Step one is self-reflection. I believe that taking time for self-reflection is necessary for nearly every aspect of our lives, but particularly for those areas in which we desire change. How can we know what we need to change if we don't take stock of what's happening interiorly? So let's apply this to our wardrobe. I've been pretty unhappy with my wardrobe for a couple years, and then having a baby created new needs in my wardrobe for both maternity and postpartum clothes. Both my lifestyle and my body have changed a lot, so building a life-giving wardrobe during those seasons didn't really feel feasible. But now I'm in a place where my body is settling and I began to recognize that I was still really unhappy with my wardrobe. I didn't look forward to getting dressed. I didn't feel good in a vast majority of my clothes. I settled on athletic wear day today because it was comfortable and practical hope you could sense the air quotes there. <laughs> Even though I would not consider myself to have an athletic style, like athleisure is not what I'm drawn to. I'm not trying to demonize it. If that's your style, that's fine. It's just not mine. But that's what I was falling back on. I got my color analysis done last, last summer, which I'll share more about in a bit. And my cousin Sarah offered to complete that analysis by doing a body and style analysis with me while I was home the month of December. Before our time together, she sent me a survey with lots of questions that would help guide our time together. That was where the self-reflection came in. She gave me a lot to think about, mostly why my wardrobe wasn't working for me and what I desired to change. Entering into some time for self-reflection led me to the next domino on our list today, and that is being honest about your reality. So step one is self-reflection. Step two, being honest with your reality. 
One of the reasons I was so unhappy with my wardrobe is because it didn't fulfill my actual needs for my actual life. I had built a wardrobe for an idealized version of my life. And when my life was far less dressy than it was in my head, I was left with ill-fitting casual clothes and athletic wear, and also dressy outfits that made me feel great for Sunday mass. So I was essentially loving my outfits for a few hours each Sunday. Awesome. (laughs) Now, self-reflection should lead you to take an honest look at your reality. What is your actual lifestyle? What does your body actually look like? What is your actual budget? My lifestyle is that of an active toddler mom who also sings professionally. Side note, I used to acquire cocktail dresses like it was my job, thinking I'd have all these occasions to wear them. I have consigned or donated probably 90% of the dresses I've bought. So it's not that I don't need any dressy clothes, it's that I need less dressy clothes and more casual clothes that fit my day-to-day needs as a mom. I don't want to wear athletic wear all the time, but I also can't roll around on the floor or play in the leaves in a majority of my church clothes or clothes that I would wear to a performance. I needed clothes somewhere in between Sunday mass and my workout classes. That's where the gap was. Now my body is a different body than I have ever dressed before. Y'all, I've been through so many physical changes in the last decade of my life. Like it's kind of wild to think about. In college, I lost 40 pounds and I maintained that weight for several several years. And even when I maintained that weight, my body changed because I was working out a lot and I grew a lot of muscles and I slimmed down in ways I'd never slimmed down before. So I was wearing much smaller jeans and much smaller tops and I felt pretty good in that smaller body. Okay, well, let's face the reality. I'm not a 24-year-old single young adult living in Nashville anymore. I also have a much more sustainable and holistic relationship with food and movement than I did back then, which I am very grateful for. Right now, I am the same weight that I was when I started my weight loss journey in college, but my body at this weight looks completely different than it did back then. Why? Well, exercise is now a daily part of my life. I eat whole foods that are nourishing and good for my body, my mind, my soul. I grew a human inside of my body and gave birth to that little girl. So yeah, my body's different. Praise the Lord for that gift of bearing life. I will take the wider hips and my daughter. Thank you very much. I have a bigger body than I did several years ago, but I am more at peace with my body than I have been in a long time. Honestly, perhaps ever. But because this body is new to me, I needed some help learning how to dress it. I had to take stock of what my body actually looks like, what sizes actually fit, what silhouettes are best for me, what fabrics feel good and are easy to wash, what makes me feel confident and beautiful. And those clothes are different than they have been in the past. I'm okay with that. I just needed to be honest, like honest about the reality of that fact. Now on to budget. What is your actual budget? For me, wardrobe was an area of my life I realized I needed to put some money into. So I talked to Steven and we looked at our budget and we set aside a specific amount that I could use for this shopping trip I went on. The Lord, guys, the Lord is so good and so generous. Okay, this is nuts. With coupons, 
and discounts and unexpected rewards points, my purchases at three stores added up to exactly the budget we had set aside. I'm telling you, God is in the details. He loves us in the details. We just have to pay attention to it. Now, perhaps you are in a season where you cannot invest money into your clothes and that's okay. You know why? Because you're being honest about your reality. And maybe you can set these tips that I'm giving you aside for another season. Perhaps you're in a season where you've never considered budgeting for this type of investment, but you're realizing, hey, I can move some money around to give myself that opportunity. Look at your budget and see what you can do. You just need to be honest about your reality. Once we've taken time for self-reflection, step one, and are being honest about our real lives, bodies, and budgets, step two, we need to get into our closet and move on to step three, taking stock of what you have and deciding what's working and what's not. This makes me think of a song, taking stock of what I have and what I haven't, what do I find? Anyway, lyrics from my favorite song from Annie Get Your Gun. Okay, let's move past the Broadway references here. We've taken time for self-reflection. We've been honest about our reality. And now we can use our hands to get into our closets and our dresser drawers to figure out what we have. What are your favorite pieces to wear? What pieces do you wear most frequently? Are they the same as your favorite pieces? (laughs) What pieces do you wear frequently, but you don't actually like? That's, I found myself doing that a lot. Do you wear your favorite pieces often or... Are they unsuitable for your lifestyle? This part of the process is less about decluttering and more about moving from your head, where we've done the self-reflection and facing our reality, to your hands. It's also about starting with what you already own instead of scrapping it all because you're unhappy and you think you have nothing to wear. It's likely that you have some great pieces. Maybe you just don't have the right things to pair with them. Or you have great pieces that don't fit your current body or your current lifestyle. Or maybe you have pieces you love, but you know that they're the wrong color for you and you just can't figure out why. The combination of facing my reality, the head knowledge, with then taking inventory of my closet, the tangible knowledge, is what helped me to see the gaps in my wardrobe. I had no comfortable pants that actually flatter my body. I had no idea what jeans actually look good on me. I was seriously lacking some basic tops. I also needed some new shoes, which I hadn't purchased in years other than new tennis shoes. My my boots were from 2014. It's frankly a miracle they're still going strong and not falling to pieces. But I didn't lack everything. I have a couple skirts that I absolutely love. I have some really pretty tops from my favorite brand, Elegant Tees, which I will link because y'all need to know about them. These pretty tops are great, but I need to learn how to dress them down. I have great jewelry from my Premier Designs business that closed a few years ago, and I have just enough workout tops and workout pants to get me through my bar classes for a week. If I hadn't taken the head knowledge into my hands, I would have likely thought that I needed way more clothes than I actually needed. It's important to start with what you have, figure out what is working, figure out what's not working, and then ask why. Now, step four is an optional step, but a highly, highly recommended one. And that is 
to work with an expert on style and color. I call this optional, like the others are required, like I'm forcing you to do something. No, you're not getting graded. I'm just judging you really harshly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I guess I call it optional because this is the step that will require money. This is the, this is the step that's going to require money and time and potentially the biggest but most helpful mindset shift. If your experience with color and style analysis is anything like mine, it may require a huge overhaul of your relationship with color and maybe the clothing you choose. I'll start with my color experience. For a little bit of background on color, so color analysis became a big thing in the early 1980s when the Color Me Beautiful books came out. Everyone wanted to know their season. Are you a spring? Are you a summer, a fall, a winter? Color analysis has evolved beyond the seasons, and now there are more detailed systems available to help people figure out their best colors. And this is based on a few factors. Your undertone, whether it's warm or cool, your value, which is on a spectrum of lightness to darkness, and your intensity, which is on a spectrum of bright to muted. Because I've always cared about clothes and my appearance, and I'm a big fan of color, I thought I knew my personal coloring. And when I had my analysis done, I was so excited to learn more. And I thought I would just be affirmed in my fantastic self-knowledge. I was in for a huge surprise. (laughs) Basically, the only things I had right were the fact that I have a warm undertone and low to medium contrast, meaning that my hair, my skin, my eyes are pretty, like, pretty similar in their, like, level of contrast. I don't know how to explain that, but my skin, my hair, and my eyes are all relatively light to medium colors. Okay, I was wrong about everything else. (laughs) Everything else. I learned a very important lesson. My preferences are different from what's best for me. Whew, isn't that a spiritual lesson right there? Whew, sometimes we, we like things that are not necessarily good for us. I prefer brighter colors, but they actually wash me out. Bright colors wear me instead of me wearing them. And when I wear colors that are too bright for me, my clothes are drawing the attention away from my face. That's why I picked this Coco Chanel quote at the beginning. If you dress shabbily, they'll remember the dress. If you dress impeccably, they'll remember the woman. It's not that I was dressing shabbily, but I was dressing in a way where people might remember what I wore, but my clothes have been wearing me instead of me wearing my clothes. Now, this realization of the fact that bright colors washed me out was really, really difficult for me to accept. And I was honestly, I was initially disappointed in my palette. I was like, this is not what I want. These are not the colors that I want. Get, 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 get away from me. Like, I don't want this. But oh my gosh, oh my gosh, wearing the right colors makes me look so much better. As I've begun the process of transitioning my wardrobe to my best colors within my palette, I have had the opportunity to learn more about myself and hone the new skill of choosing the right colors. It feels like I'm developing this entirely new skill because I'm picking out colors I would have never touched before. It has been challenging and fun and unexpectedly eye-opening. Because some of you will ask, I'm just going to give you a little bit of the background on the system that was used for me and my results, because I know some of you were like, well, what are you? What's your season? What's your blah, blah, blah. So here we go. 
The system used for my color analysis was developed by a woman named Imogen out of Australia, and it's called the Absolute Color System. I will link to her website in the show notes. My cousin Sarah um, has been training under Imogen as an analyst, like a, as a stylist. So that is why that's the system I went with. And in the Absolute Color System, it's even more in depth than the seasons because there's the 12 season color analysis. This has 18 palettes and I'm telling you, it's a lot more accurate. In the Absolute Color System, my palette is called Intriguing and its qualities are smoky, light, and warm. In the 12 seasons, in the 12 season system, my closest match would probably be a soft autumn. So if that's the knowledge you're working with, just think about that. In addition to knowing my colors, I have also learned about color value, light to dark, and contrast, low to high. So when I wear outfits that match my personal value, which is a light to medium because of my dark blonde hair, fair skin, medium blue eyes, and my contrast, which is also low to medium because all of all of those features are light to medium. I look much more harmonious. So that sentence was complicated. Let me simplify. When I wear outfits that are of light to medium value and light to medium contrast level, I look much more harmonious. So to give you an example of something that would not be good for me, um, I, because I have low contrast, a really high contrast outfit would be like black and white. Like if I wear black pants with a white top, First of all, true white is not my palette. Black is not in my palette. So those are the wrong colors. And secondly, the contrast level between them is so high that all it does is cut my body in half and I don't look harmonious. But someone who has really fair skin with cool undertones, think of like a snow white kind of palette, right? Very fair skin, very dark hair. Her contrast level is so high that she can wear outfits that have higher contrast. I hope that makes sense. So. This is a more complex topic for another day in your own analysis, but I wanted to throw in the fact that it's more than just wearing your best colors. It's a whole system for looking your best, looking the most harmonious, which I find really beautiful. It's all about highlighting the beauty of who God made you to be. Several months after getting my color analysis done, my cousin Sarah also did a style and body type analysis with me. There was an enormous amount of information in the session, but it was really helpful and it gave me a lot to think about. The style portion is subjective and it invites you to consider words that describe your personality and your preferred sense of style. We landed on vibrant, genuine, and polished as my three words. So any clothing I purchase or outfit I put together should pass that test. Is what I'm wearing vibrant, genuine, and polished? Now, vibrant is a little bit of a strange one because my palette is pretty soft and muted, but I look more vibrant in those softer colors because they are harmonious with my actual self. Remember that part about being honest with your reality? That applies here. The body analysis portion is objective, and my cousin analyzed my body proportions to help me understand my shape and what silhouettes are best on me. This part of the process was probably the most overwhelming because there was just a lot of new information, but I've started to understand some basics, like the fact that my torso is a little bit longer than my legs, not extremely so, but a little bit. Therefore, high-waisted bottoms are a better option for me. Okay, I can do that. My shoulders are a little bit narrower than my hips, so wearing sleeves with some volume in them helps to balance out my shape. There's more, but those are the two that have really stuck with me. 
I share details about this process because A, I know a lot of people find it really interesting. I definitely do. I've watched many color analysis and style analysis videos on YouTube and they have millions of views. So clearly I'm not alone in my fascination. And B, I want you to see that getting professional guidance on how to look and feel your best can be a worthy investment if you are ready and able to take that plunge. I've loved going through this process with my cousin Sarah and my aunt Lisa, who's very dear to me, has also been going through it. So doing it with people I love has been an absolute gift and just a heck of a lot of fun. Okay, so we've gone over all these things and we're going to move on to our final step, step five. Now, step five is more a result, not exactly a step, but more a result of your hard work. And it's this gathering all these threads of information together will lead you to greater self-awareness. I was unhappy with my closet and I didn't enjoy getting dressed every day. I didn't feel good in my clothes. I took time to ask myself why I was feeling this way and what I could do to make it better. The self-reflection. In order to improve upon my circumstances, I had to get really honest about my life. What does my day-to-day actually look like? What are my clothing needs? If my life isn't as dressy as I want it to be, how do I accept and enjoy that reality? What is my body right now? How can I love my body well by wearing clothes that are the best fit? Am I choosing clothes I think I should be wearing because I think I should have a different body or I think I should wear trends? Or am I choosing clothes that actually fit, that I actually like? Do I have money to put towards some new pieces right now? How much do I have? And if this is a priority, can I sacrifice other expenses to invest in myself? When I embraced my actual life and my actual body, then I could take stock of what pieces in my closet were working and which were not. Some of them needed to be donated or just given away. And some of them needed to be put away for my next postpartum season. And I will be so grateful to have these clothes in my closet when I'm at a bigger body again for my, after our next baby. Then I called in the big guns. (laughs) I needed some help. My lifestyle has changed. My body has changed. I wanted to choose the best colors for me and all that information was new. I needed help to put all of these pieces together. Thank God for my cousin Sarah and her expertise. Going through color and style and body analysis with a professional was a game changer. And now I have knowledge to fall back on the rest of my life even as my body and lifestyles change in the seasons ahead. Throughout this process, I have grown enormously in self-awareness. Investing in my wardrobe and caring about what I wear has given me and will continue to give me opportunities to ask good questions. What season of life am I in? How do I want to present myself? What makes me feel beautiful and confident? How can I simplify different processes to make my life easier and experience less decision fatigue? That one right there, that question's why I'm hoping to head towards a capsule wardrobe. Self-awareness is a highly necessary skill for every single person to have, and it's something we should continue to cultivate throughout our entire lives. Because we are constantly changing and growing, we are constantly learning more about who we are and who we are called to be. I have a little like anecdote that's coming to mind when I think about that, which is, I remember hearing a story one time about um, a man and woman had been married for a very, very long time, like 50 years. And 
somebody asked the man, how, how do you, you know, how have you stayed married to the same woman for so many years? And he said, I haven't. She's changing all the time. So we're changing all the time. And because of that, we are continually learning who we are. Now, self-awareness is not self-centeredness. In fact, I think self-centeredness demonstrates a lack of self-awareness because it shows that someone does not understand how his or her choices impact others. So becoming self-aware is not a selfish or self-centered thing to do. In fact, it's going to be a gift to those around you. Now, cultivating a great wardrobe is not the only path to self-awareness, but it's been part of my journey recently, and I wanted to share that with you. I didn't expect a simple shopping trip to bear so much personal and spiritual fruit, but the Lord really can and does work through anything. We just have to invite him into it. To be honest, this episode was really difficult for me to write. After my shopping trip, I had so many thoughts swirling around in my head, and I've been working hard to sort through them and figure out how to share the fruits of that day. I normally wouldn't feel the need to talk in depth about something as seemingly frivolous as a shopping trip, but that day and this whole process of learning my colors, my style, and my body type has been eye-opening, and I want others to know the power of learning more about yourself. What you wear matters. How you present yourself and how you feel about yourself, these things matter. Feeling confident and beautiful every day matter matters. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, working in corporate America, or singing on a Broadway stage. I mentioned several episodes ago that we often believe the lie, the heresy actually, that our souls are more important than our bodies. But we are designed to be integrated persons, living with an integrated body and soul. Remember, we know that our bodies matter by the very fact that God himself took on a body in the person of Jesus Christ to be with us and die for us. Our bodies matter. So what we put on our bodies matters. And this includes your Sunday best and your Tuesday afternoon homeschool mom outfit. I hope this episode has inspired you to evaluate your wardrobe, spend some time in self-reflection, and perhaps pursue getting some professional guidance with your wardrobe. I don't think you'll regret it. My Something Beautiful this week is my favorite TV show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, which is finally back after many months of waiting. Oh my goodness. Okay, this show has some ridiculous grip on me, but I just love it. If you like period dramas, murder mysteries, slow burn romances, this is the show for you. You can watch it on PBS on Sunday nights. You can watch it through PBS Passport which would allow you to have all six episodes. It's, I, you have no idea how much self-control I am trying to have right now, not just like getting PBS Passport to watch the whole season. Okay, just know that I'm working really hard. <laughs> or you can add the BBC Masterpiece extension on Amazon Prime. That's what we have since nearly all my favorite shows are period dramas from BBC Masterpiece. You must, you must start at the beginning of Miss Scarlet and the Duke to watch the story unfold. So start with season one. It's delightful, and I hope you enjoy it. As a reminder, right now I am sharing podcasts every other week. This is just for a couple of months due to some constraints on my time. So I'll be back in your ears two weeks from now. Have a lovely week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Beauty. 
I hope today's episode blessed you. There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.